You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. We are recording a day late. Uh, I was sick, guys. Sorry. Threw us off schedule. Uh, but uh, we're back now. Uh, we're going to jump into the Illinois recap. We're going to be brief about that because we're probably, well, we are actually closer to the Minnesota game than the Illinois game. But uh, we still need to touch on that. Uh, so, Tyler, what were your overall thoughts on the Illinois game? Yeah, I mean, you know, the first half, I thought we came out with one of the better game plans we've seen. I thought we, we were executing. Uh, we had a really good game plan. Our defense played well. And then Casey Thompson went down and everything fell apart. So, yeah, it, it was a, it was a rough one. Yeah. Derek? It, it was a rough one. And it was a situation where, you know, the defense played fairly well. But, man, we only gave up 82 yards rushing in the first half, which I thought was really phenomenal. But then we turned around and gave up 80 yards rushing in the third quarter. Uh, held them pretty well in the set in the fourth quarter again, but I, I don't know. There was too many turnovers. Just It was a sloppy game offensively. Uh, e- even when uh, Casey Thompson was playing, he had two of our interceptions that were thrown. I believe there were four turnovers overall. Uh you, you don't win a lot of games having four turnovers. No. Uh, but let's keep it with uh, – let's focus on the offense with Casey Thompson because we did see some good things, though. He had some turnovers, but Nebraska was putting up a lot of yards against this uh, this stout Illinois defense. So that was impressive, though. Right, Derek? Absolutely. We had 219 yards in the first half, which was about the average for what Illinois gave up per game. So in, in a half, we were doing what most teams were doing in a whole game. And unfor- I mean, K- Casey Thompson was do- – we had some big plays. That, that helped out a lot with that. Uh, there was one huge misplay by Eric Johnson, and that was kind of the turning point of the game. Because you, you, ha- you have to wonder what happens if he catches that ball because there was nobody in front of him. Pro- pro- probably a touchdown, most likely. Tyler, what did you think of the Ramirez Johnson drop? Well, it, was a, it well, it wasn't a great throw, and and I and it's you know I know we're getting into the second half here, and Casey Thompson was not playing well. I think everything was scheme. Uh, I thought Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph came into this game with as good an offensive game plan as I've seen. We were using RPO, we were using play action, we were getting them over the top in ways that we haven't seen. Uh, the wrinkles in the offense were really nice, and that Ramirez Johnson play was a play. That I we haven't seen a wheel route like that. Um, it was a really great play call. Uh, it brought Ramirez in. It was kind of a gimmicky play, if you will. Um, not a great throw. Casey Thompson wasn't sharp, um, but that that should have been a catch. Um, at minimum, he should have caught it and fell down. Like it, it just it should have been a play. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It was amazing that we were up in spite of Casey Thompson playing a bad game and. Uh, well. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the scheme because the the one problem I did have with the scheme is you had zero involvement basically by Trey Palmer. 
your best player, and there was almost zero involvement. I mean, to be like, fair, find, I mean, you got to find a way to get that guy involved. I mean, th- there was a play in the first half with Casey Thompson that it was a uh, drag route that me, Trey Palmer is wide open and hit him in the feet. Uh, they target. I don't know what the final targets. I think it was six, six targets for Trey Palmer on the day. Like it wasn't like they didn't try to get him the ball. Um, they just didn't succeed in it. Well, Jeffrey the Greek talked about it last week on the show that uh, you know the uh, quarterback. I, and I forget his name right now. Uh, it's the guy that blanketed uh, Trey Palmer. He did blanket. Trey Palmer was not blanketed. He was open multiple times on Saturday. Like we just couldn't get him the ball. Was that with Casey Thompson in, or was it with uh, what we had come in after that? I mean, there there were opportunities for both. And uh, the at the end, he had one catch for one yard. He was he was taken out of the game completely. And, hey, let, let, let me say this though: credit the offensive line at least when Casey Thompson was in, because they did a much better job than what they have in the previous yeah. seven eight games, however many games we played, I, whatever. Uh, they, there was two sacks in this game. The offensive line, according to PFF, was credited with none of those sacks. Uh, they gave Casey Thompson time for the most part. Uh, it was probably the best game I'd seen out of the offensive line, honestly. Especially against, against de- that Illinois against defense. A, yes, that was one of the better defenses we had faced. And they and they, they stepped up. And that's why they have it a beef jerky matter, but, deal right now, right? I don't care about that, but. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think about the quarterback decision? Uh, as soon as Casey Thompson goes down, uh, you see Logan Smothers come out uh, as the backup. What, what did you think about that, Tyler? Well, I mean, I guess it wasn't overly shocking. Um, I mean, we've seen Logan Smothers kind of come in in that gimmicky type role. I think at the time you didn't know how serious Casey Thompson was. Um, so you put him in for a series, see if anything happens. Um, and you know, and then obviously the second half we go to Chubba Purdy. I think all those, those two decisions I fully support. I I have no issue with those two decisions. Really? I I think why not put Logan Smothers in at the end of the first half when you don't know what's up with Casey Thompson and by all accounts, Chubba Purdy is the number two quarterback. I have no problem with him starting the second half. It's not like Logan Smothers took us down for a drive. I mean, there was no reason not to give Chubba a start. Derek, did you agree? That's fair. My problem with it was was the miscommunication between Whipple and Mickey. Because Mickey came out of halftime telling the reporters that you can expect to see Logan Smothers in the second half. That was who he was expecting to be out there. And all of a sudden they came out and it was Purdy. And, And... I mean, the announcers made a huge deal of it. It was it was a clear miscommunication. I don't know who it was on. I don't know if it's solely on Mickey Joseph. I don't know if it's solely on Mark Whipple. Uh, but whoever made that decision clearly did not make a good decision to keep Purdy in. Well, so that's where this all falls apart. So the the two decisions I I, I agree with. Where, where I fall apart is how we execute the second half. So can I can I go on a little bit of a rant for a minute, guys? Please. Okay. So first drive with Chubba Purdy, we go out there, we throw the ball a ton. We go out there, he scrambles a little bit, he moves the ball. Anthony Grant touches the ball one time on a carry. Okay, I could argue maybe you're trying to get him momentum, catch him off guard. Second drive, second drive, 
You get the ball on the 23-yard line after a fumble. You're in field goal range already. And at this point in the game, hey, a field goal is a huge deal. It is 20 to 20-9. It gets it to one possession. Again, zero carries for Anthony Grant. Terrible interception for Chubba Purdy. Arguably could have pulled him from the game at that point. Give him another shot. Okay, well, now you finally give Anthony Grant some carries, and it kind of works out pretty well. Then Chubba Purdy makes one of the worst passes I've seen all year. Can't hit a Brewington on a two-foot pass, which would have been a first down. Then, oh, do you pull him? No, you take him out again. And then at that point, Anthony Grant fumbles. The game's pretty much out of reach. And you just kind of say, okay, cool. We, we don't get any momentum. They don't do any quick passes. They do nothing to get Chubba Purdy in momentum and get growth out of him. They keep trying to chuck it deep. Like, that's going to help the, his development at all. So we don't even coach him up at the end of the game. we just like, oh, I guess we're just going to now run the ball with Jack Eziant when we're down. Like, it was just the worst management of a backup quarterback. Like, like it is what not to do. It is literally a definition of not what not to do in that situation. Yeah, I it it was that was about as ugly as I've seen. You know, outside of the uh, Oklahoma game, it was an ugly ass second half. <laughs> it nothing went right. It was uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you, Tyler. I mean, I was fully expecting to see Logan Smothers come out come out for a, a series or two. But they kept trotting Purdy back out there. And, you know, Twitter and everybody had the jokes. He is Purdy bad, you know, all that stuff. But, uh, Derek, what did you think? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to say this. De, de, and I'm going I'm to go to the defense here for a second. Just just for a second. Because if you had told me we held uh, Chase Brown to under, under 150 yards, and they only passed for 213 yards, I would have said we had a pretty damn good shot to be in this game. So back back to the uh, offense here. It was so inept without Casey Thompson that uh, it, it, it was almost painful to watch. Not almost. Hey, it I, was painful to watch. I, I, Tyler, what did you say we had? Like 30 yards? After yeah, Casey we, Thompson left, roughly, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even care what the exact numbers are. I guess twenty-seven yards. We had twenty-seven yards in two and a half quarters. Oh, even better. I mean, it, and again, this falls back on a little bit on the coaching and the fact that I, with all the hits that Casey Thompson's taken this year, how do you not have a backup quarterback prepared, ready to go? Uh, I, I I know there's the excuse that now Purdy was hurt a cup for a couple days before the game started before you know before the game started he didn't practice for two days. Uh, I I I don't know I I don't know what the answer is but it wasn't what we saw Saturday I know that. Well, what the answer is what you typically do when you bring in a backup quarterback is you go to your running game. Where, by the way, Anthony Grant was averaging over five. It's hard yards to go to carry. your running game when you're down two, almost two touchdowns, though. Not, not in the third quarter. There's plenty of time left. You can run the ball in the third quarter down two touchdowns, and he's averaging five yards a carry. You know what else you could do is throw easy completions to get his confidence in screens, hey, bubbles. Hey, but things you, like that. 
Didn't you say he just had an easy pass for like two feet and he couldn't? Well, that was his third Burton? possession. That was his third <laughs> possession. I, I don't know. I the play calling wasn't great. I'm not going to sit here and stick up for the play calling. Uh, the the run game was working. You're right, Tyler, and you, and you probably should have stuck with it a little bit. Well, it's easier to run the ball if you have a passing threat, and then coming off of the game like Trey Palmer did. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be worried about that pass. They're going to be worried about that deep ball. But when you change quarterbacks and you bring in these inexperienced guys, that passing threat is gone. And we had it no passing though. threat. It wasn't, though. We still were running but the you ball don't... well. But, yeah, yeah I, but I, they changed the defense, and it, it was going to be stopped. I mean... I'm not saying we win the game without Casey Thompson. I'm not saying that. But there, there is no excuse... To have 20... I mean, Pitt, I mean, I was laughing at us. I was like, God, look at that offense over there. Like, we're being mocked by Iowa because we they looked like the the greatest show on turf Rams compared to our offense. <laughs> yeah. I, you, know, you know what else we didn't do well? That Tyler was so adamant that we needed to do? Control the clock. Like, we had the ball for 21 minutes in this game. Illinois had it for almost 40, 39 minutes. I, I just, yeah, and I, our I'm defense played point. okay. <laughs> our offense could stay the, out there. They, they they did, but they, they did the same thing that they've done throughout the year. They they play well. They get the kind of they kind of get the stops, but they just can't get off the field in a decent time. Like you let them march all the way down the field. Like the whole second half, they marched down the field. They, I mean, they only kicked two field goals, but. You should never let them march down the field. Like, you had plenty of chances to get stops before they ever got into field goal range. Yeah, I mean, you got, I mean, and you got to get those stops. Yeah, I mean, the defense played fine. They, I mean, they, they, played, they, played, they played better than I, than I, than I anticipated. Yeah, I mean, Ta- tackling I mean, was pretty good in this game for, yeah, I mean, for the she, most part. I, I, that, that second quarter, they kind of fell apart a little bit, and they kind of started letting Chase Brown get a little bit carried away. But, man, it, it looked good for a while. It did. No, I mean, I mean, Chase Brown averaged 4.7 yards a carry. That's, you know, he had under 150. Yeah, but he had 147, I think is what I wrote down. I can't really read my last number. 149. 49, okay. Um, I mean, those are basically the same numbers he put up against Iowa. Um, I mean, and Iowa has a great defense. So, again, you can't fault that. I mean, the the, Tommy DeVito going for 90% completion percentage. Not exactly... That was the quietest 20 for 22 I've ever seen, I think. Well, and, and, and this was another game plan thing. I mean, we kept going, man. And, I mean, Williams just absolutely made us look silly. Like, it's like, oh, you think you can cover me in man? Like, I'm just going to completely run around you and give you no shot. Like, poor Hardzog, Hardzog trying to defend him the whole game, like, in man, just didn't work. Yeah. I mean, we should have... Switch the zone at some point in the game to try to throw him off, but yeah, I mean, just and, and it wasn't like Devito was throwing long bombs by any stretch of imagination. But he was he was averaging eight point one yards per per attempt. He did exactly what he's done all year. They did nothing. This was Illinois. What they have done to every team they played all year, and again, defense was fine. I I have no qualms with that defensive effort. They they did enough to have us in this game in the fourth quarter. It, this was all on offensive execution. It was also another lopsided play call or play uh, per team. I mean, they had seventy plays to our forty nine. It wasn't quite as bad as Purdue, but I mean, yeah. 
So a lot has been said about Mickey Joseph, you know, headed into that game. There was a, the Mickey Joseph train was, it was on fire, man. Uh, but coming out, hell, even first quarter and a half, everybody was riding that Mickey Joseph train. Well, now that the game has ended, there's uh, been a lot of emotions going on that Mickey Joseph isn't ready for the job. And then all of a sudden it comes out that there's been talks between Mickey Joseph and Arizona State for that head coaching job. Uh, Tyler, where do you think the, what does, I don't know, what does the future of Mickey Joseph look like and what does he need to do? And what, take a, what, what does that look like? Well, I, I don't know what the future is, but I, I think it's unwritten. I think that he's got four more games and to make it. And I understand the, the, the need for knee-jerk reaction, but, like, the, the Mickey Joseph comments right now, like, drive me crazy. Because th- there is a side of the coin where it was one game against a top-20 team and people that are saying that this killed his chances and da-da-da. Th- that, that is an overreaction. But I have had four or five people tell me in the last 36, 48 hours saying, I just don't know why we just don't give him a shot. And that just really pisses me off because he's had basically a full season and about as low of a bar as you can imagine to kind of get some momentum. Hey, hey, win a few games. Just win a few games. You don't need to win a Big Ten West. Just don't even necessarily make a bowl. Just, Just go out and win a few games and we can have a conversation. And, and the fact that it was like, just well, just give him a chance. What is this? You've had nine games as an interim head coach. This is your chance. Are these the same four or five friends that uh, said that Scott Frost did not deserve to be fired? One of them's you. I don't know why we don't just give him a shot. I didn't say that this week. You said it in like four hours ago. Just give him the shot. Well, so <laughs> I, I did say that. But I, that was in in uh, in the conversations. Like, if it comes down to like Matt Campbell or Doran or Clawson or something getting the job, I wouldn't care if Mickey Joseph lost every single game. I'd take Mickey Joseph over those three guys. I just, that was I, in that conversation. I, I think this. I is don't a, understand your hate for Dave Clawson. I really don't. I will say that. Maybe I'm I not. Just don't. Maybe I'm not rational about that, but I'd still take Mickey Joseph over. I mean, he's done. He's done some pretty amazing things for Wake Forest. He has. I, we'll talk I, about I them that, here in a second. I, I think this is a situation where Mickey Joseph is a likable guy. Mickey Joseph is a former Nebraska player, and that is the only reason fans are accepting the fact that he could possibly go two and seven and be named the head coach. There, there is, and again, maybe we end up playing a lot better football down the stretch. But this was an easy, this was as easy as a road as he could have asked for. He had the two worst teams out of the East. He had plenty of home games. On paper, you have more talent of seven of the nine teams you were playing, according to the recruiting rankings. You have more games at home than on the road. Like, there was a lot of favorable stuff lined up to just win three, four, maybe five games. Like, that is, I, I don't think this huge bar that he had to be in and, the fact that fans are just like, yeah, well, what did you expect him to do? I don't know. Be a coach? And again, he still can. He has four games. I like him. I think he could turn it around. I just, the, the story is unwritten to, to answer your question. Okay. Derek? Uh, well, t- to be honest with you, I think I think the whole Arizona State thing is a ploy. Like, I, 
this is his agent trying to help him get a job. Uh, I don't think he's a serious candidate for Arizona State, but it's a it it, it drives the part that drives me nuts is how many fans want to lock him down just because he's being talked to by Arizona State, and it's like you can't you can't make a judgment call on that. Like Trevor Alvarez can't come out here and go. What Arizona State might take Mickey Joseph, well, we're just going to lock him down. You can't do that. Like he, if he's a, if he's not a fit, he's not a fit. And if you're not going to win games, then you're not a fit. Uh, I, I, I have mixed emotions on the whole thing. I, I would love to see Mickey get the job. I'd love to see see him prove that he is worthy of the job. Uh, I, I mentioned a red flag a week or two ago when he talked about the recruit and in the interview, and he got a little bit of trouble for that and then it's going to turn into nothing whatever that's fine uh but to me that was a red flag that he wasn't quite ready to be a head coach well now you got this this game where you don't have a backup quarterback ready in a situation where you knew you needed a backup quarterback to be ready because there was any moment casey thompson was going to go down when's the last time so Nebraska to, to, me, to me that was another backup quarterback ready uh i would say probably 2012 okay. It was, 20, Ron oh, it was 2013, Ron Kellogg, Tommy It was 13. It's been a okay. long time. I mean, oh, you're right. I, I, I'm the guy that loves the backup quarterback. And, you know, I, I gave up on that Luke McCaffrey experiment, like, in one day <laughs> when we but, saw But I remember happen. back in... You know, but it but was, it's still a red flag. I like, guess a red flag. It was a red flag under Frost, and it's a red flag under this coaching staff, or under Mickey. I, especially with this offensive line when you know... There was a good chance that your quarterback could get hurt. Yeah, but I was gonna say I remember back to 2019 when uh, Adrian Martinez went out and we had Noah Vedral play came come in and start a couple games. I think he played well in those games. And again, not great. Yeah, he did. He played fun. He played well in that stretch. And I mean, it, we haven't had a he lot get of a situations. Win. Never got a walk. He, didn't, win. He, he didn't win. But he, I thought he played well in those games. And, again, I mean, obviously the 2013 experiment. If you go back to a little bit further, the, the 2009 uh, when Adrian Mar- or Taylor Martinez got injured, uh, you know, we, had, we saw good relief from Cody Green, and it was fine. And not this bad. I mean, this was about as bad. I mean, this was bad. And, again, yeah. it was one game. Chubba Purdy, I think, will be better. Logan Smothers, whoever gets the job, oh, will I mean, be better. But there, There's no doubt in my mind Chubba Purdy was not – as bad as he was in this game. Well, if they don't he, get better, he's athletic and, if they well, do not get better, sure. either Logan Smothers or Chubba Purdy, and Casey Thompson doesn't come back, these last four games will be unwatchable. Yeah, because we're going to have like a total of like 400 yards in five games, four games. You think we'll get that many? About 100 a game, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so... I, mean, I just... My, my problem but, with... But it can't, it can't be that bad. Like, these guys will be more prepared. Like... I don't know. I, I, just, I just can't. I can't. I can't believe that's all. The, all the offense we're going to muster through four games. Well, it was, it was completely frustrating because I went through almost that entire half uh, thinking that we had a shot to pull off an upset against a top twenty team, and then it was just so frustrating to see the inept offense that we saw in the second half. I mean, it was it was, it was discouraging. Oh, and, and, it and really Tyler already talked about it, but you know they had a fumble that we didn't even cause. Like, dude just dropped a damn ball. We got it from him. Yeah. You're already in field goal range. And not, and not even a long field goal. You're in a chip shot field goal range. And you end up throwing an interception on it. Like, 
It was just one of those Murphy's Law, I guess. Anything it, that can go wrong was. is going to go wrong. I, I, and, and, the, I, the last I, thing I, I want to say on the whole Mickey thing is, is like, and again, coach speak is one thing, and I get when you get on the podium, but it seems to me that one of the things that fans like about him is what he's talking about. And I, and I agree. I like listening to him talk. He talks about being physical. Show me it on the field. Show me it on the field that you are at all getting more physical because this team is not, this team is getting less physical as the year goes on. Well, did you say that this is the best the offensive line has played all year? Both of you said that? I think it was. I I don't know. I, I, that was Derek who said, I thought the line played well. I mean, I thought they played well. But again, we didn't use it, we didn't play into it. I will say this. Trev Alberts clearly stated that winning at the podium was not going to be what he's looking for. Yes. And right now, that's that's what looks like Mickey's doing. He's winning at the podium. but And, and again, he's recruiting yeah. his ass off. He's doing everything he can. I just, I think that Nebraska, like, again, being a former quarterback and likable did not work so well for us last time. Right. And, and when I, was and Frost likable? <laughs> Frost was likable. Frost was never likable. You're the only one that says that. All right. I, I remember his record, liking him. His record was not likable. I, the good thing about a podcast, you can I mean, go back and I, listen I, be- to I believe the whole narrative of Scott Frost was winning the podium and winning the offseason. Like, yep, yeah. we're doing that. That was the Scott Frost narrative. That, that's, yeah, it wasn't, that's it wasn't that he wasn't likable. It was that he couldn't fucking win games. I, I'm, I'm waiting for one more. I'm literally waiting for one more. Well, we just had our best day of practice. I think Mickey we Jones. heard that. I think we heard I, that. We did hear that. I'm wait, but it wasn't Mickey who it said it. It wasn't Mickey. It was, it was one, one of the players. I forget yeah, I'm waiting for it. Mickey to drop that tomorrow at the press I thought, conference. I thought it was Whipple that said that at one point. But uh, anyway, one of the, yeah. I, I, I will say this before we move on. I, I am totally torn with Mickey Joseph. I like Mickey Joseph. I, I would like to see what he could do with his own guys. Get, get his own coaches in here. You hire him at a fairly discounted rate. You open up the pocketbook for the best assistance you can get. I, I'm curious to know what he could do with it. But I'm with Tyler a little bit too. Like he's proven nothing that he deserves this job right now. And, and he's got it all in front. I just want to be clear about that because I don't want to come off like I don't want Mickey or think he has no shot. He he still has half the season left. Like and he has winnable games in front of him. But right now you're not hiring him. You don't want to see him as head coach. It, if you were to make, no, if you had to make a decision today, if, if the season's over today, I'm not hiring him. No, yeah, no. exactly. So you, so you would take Matt Campbell over Mickey Joseph Tyler? Well, if if you tell me that's my choices, then okay. Yeah, I'm probably hiring Mickey. I'm hiring Matt Campbell. You're, you're see. I don't trust. I don't trust you. I, I just I, at all. I I don't know. Like and can I just ask this? When you say just give him a shot, what does that look like? Do you think we're just going to hire him for a one year deal and be like, Let, let's just extend this trial basis for another year? Like, what does giving him a shot looks like? Look like oh, three, four years. It's certainly not ten. I, I will say this: my my fear is we hire him, and then in three or four years we're in the same boat. Yeah, that that is my fear. And so, again, so you it, better it get maybe, Urban. You better get yeah. Urban so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, they are 16-point favorites now. I mean, this line is just shooting up. 
I'm assuming it's because Vegas knows that Casey Thompson isn't playing. The over-under is at 47. Now, when you look at the stat matchup here, there's a lot of similarities between this Minnesota team and Illinois. I mean, the the stat matchups, you know, they're good defense, you know, the above-average offense. They're efficient. Well, they're, but, above, they're above-average rushing offense. Yeah. But uh, their pass, their pass offense isn't very good. Well, shit, Derek, uh, you're the stat boy, so give us some uh, stats, uh, meaningful or key stats on this game here. All right. Well, we we can go into this. So, so you uh, let's talk about the pass offense first because it's been pretty anemic, really. Uh, Tanner Morgan's numbers are, are average, I guess. I mean, his completion percentage is pretty decent. He's sixty-seven percent completion pass. He's got 1,286 yards passing. He's got seven touchdowns to five interceptions. But here's the key. Like, they lost uh, Ottman Bell uh, back against Colorado, which was, I think, their third game. And since then, Tanner Morgan's only thrown three touchdown passes. And all three of them came against Michigan State. Wow. So... It hasn't been great. Uh, Mo Ibrahim's their offense. He's the Chase Brown of Illinois. I mean, he's he, he's great. Uh, he's got 955 yards rushing already, 13 touchdowns. It was only the second in the nation, I believe, only behind Blake Corum against uh, or, uh, from Michigan. There, a uh, couple a couple really interesting stats on Mo Ibrahim. He's rushed for 100 yards. In 16 straight games. Uh, so the guy's he's going to be tough to stop. And when he gets 20 or more carries, he's hit over 100 yards in all of his games in his career except for two. Wow. So, I mean, the, and he's going to get probably more than 20 carries unless something catastrophic happens. Uh, n- another couple uh, interesting stats I found was uh, he leads the – all of football, all, all of FBS, with 33 uh, rushes of 10-plus of yards. And he also leads all of FBS with 18 15-plus yard rushes. Uh, he, he's a beast. I mean, he is just good. If, he, if he's got one weakness, it's yards after contact. He's only averaging 3.22 yards uh, yards after contact, uh, which is 96 in the in FBS. Uh, behind him is Trey Potts, which is, which is kind of a pretty decent one-two combo. Uh, he's got 368 yards behind him and three touchdowns. I mean, he's not near as dynamic as uh, Mo Ibrahim, but they don't mind bringing him in to relieve him. Uh, re- receiving, it's it's all Brevin Spanford, uh, or tight end. He's... He's, he's good, but again, their passing offense is just not very good. Uh, offensively, I'll, I'll just leave it at that for right now. All right, good, because we've got to get Tyler in here because Tyler loves P.J. Fleck. And uh, so, Tyler, are, are you going to be in Memorial Stadium watching P.J. Fleck? No, no, I will not. I will good, not so Nebraska game. might have a chance if you're not in attendance. God, I knew it was coming. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's just rude. I mean, t- um, Tyler or Derek, are you truly shocked that Nebraska lost against Illinois, considering Tyler was in attendance? I was surprised we didn't have like six more injuries and yeah, like just I mean, just just a just just the plague coming down on the team. No kidding, <laughs> Tyler, well, the Tyler tornado. All right, uh, talk about this uh, Michigan offense there, Tyler, or Minnesota, Minnesota. whatever. You're a week ahead, um, but no, I mean, I think Derek really hit it well. I mean, Mo Ibrahim obviously is their offense. PJ Fleck was asked about their vertical passing game today, and he said basically to the sum of what vertical passing game. Um, Minnesota's been obviously losing Chris Autumn Bell, but they've been injured at wide receiver this year. They have nothing. But going back to Mo Ibrahim, you know, where a potential for Nebraska maybe to get him is he is coming off of 30 carries and 36 carries in back-to-back weeks. That is a lot of workload for a running back. Where is his health? Obviously, he had the catastrophic injury last year. He got banged up a little bit earlier in the year. Um, could there be a chance of fatigue? Because that's what you're, I mean, that's the only thing that you're doing. I mean, I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but that's the only thing that's going to slow him down because our defense isn't going to do it. Um, it's a matter of, is there a fatigue? Is there something that he's a little bit worn down and maybe we get this because Purdue was a great blueprint when he's not out there, their offense just doesn't move. And Trey Potts is a good running back, but he is, when Mo Ibrahim is not in the game, their offense just dies. And that's kind of what Nebraska needs is kind of a maybe a fatigue, maybe get him in third down, which also sucks because their third down conversion is number one in the nation. Yeah, 60%. They and, convert and, it, and it's because 60%. they're in third and short. They're in third and short a lot. Yeah. Um, so we got to get ahead of the chains. We got to get them in third and long. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens, but is, uh, Tanner Morgan, is he going to continue his streak of owning Nebraska here? I can't imagine. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not playing good football this year. I mean, Um, it it seems like he's mediocre every year until he steps on the field with Nebraska though. And then all of a sudden something flips and it's like, it's kind of like the Purdue rushing attack. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Like, it's like, where, where the fuck did this come from? What is this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he 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 does the over the top thing. He turns his helmet backwards. He turns. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that movie. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about the defense here, uh, Derek. All right, so you know their defense is good. Uh, they're. They got Marino, Mar- I'm sorry, Mariano Soria Marin, their leading tackler. He's been there for, seems like forever now. Uh, he's had some really good games against Nebraska in the past. Uh, I continue, I see him continuing to have good games. Uh, they, they, they're not great at tackles for loss. I mean, they're, uh, what did I read, 120... Eighth in tackles for loss, I believe. Something like that. They're they're down there. And sacks, they're 120th. Uh, so so I they're they're not good at getting in the backfield. So you'd like to think that maybe that works out well for this offensive line. 
but <laughs> have they have they faced an easier offensive line what they're about to face? They face Colorado. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was looking for uh, an area of strength for where Nebraska could have a chance to be really good, and I noticed that they were 124th in the country in red zone defense, uh, giving up ni- uh, almost 93% of, of, of their red zone uh, opportunities. So I went to go look a little, I dove a little deeper into this. And that sounds great. Like if you can get a red zone, you have a good chance of scoring on them, right? Uh, unfortunately, they don't let teams in the red zone hardly at all. Uh, they're second in the nation with only 14 attempts in the red zone so far this year. Wow. And they have given up 13 scores in those red zone attempts, uh, which is where they come up with their 93%. Uh, but they're fifth in the country with with giving up scores in the red zone. Uh, and they're fourth in the country with touchdowns given up in the red zone with only seven. Uh, the other thing is 11 of their red zone uh, drives came against three teams. And it was Purdue with three, Illinois with five, and Penn State with three. So 11 of their 14 uh, red zone attempts came against three teams. Wow. That's some that's some excellent digging by you. We're gonna call you the archaeologist or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, I was looking for an area where maybe Nebraska had a chance, but it, getting to that red zone is gonna be a, a pain in the ass. But if well, you can get there, they do give up scores once they get there. <laughs> well, Derek, I don't think we're gonna get there a lot. I mean, I mean, you kind of look at what they've done. Um, you mentioned their offense. Um, being number one in the country in third down. Well, their defense is number two in third down defense. Um, I mean, they are, uh, they're number two in passing defense. They're number three in big 10 scoring defense. I mean, this is one of the best defenses it has kudos to PJ Fleck and company. Cause this was not what you thought of Minnesota football. Even last year, you saw signs of improvement, but this, he's really turned them into a defensive juggernaut. Um, Again, the, the 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 plus, if there is any, if we do decide to run the ball, teams have had success running the ball against them. Um, to be well, fair Penn to State that, had they very have good played Illinois. The, the Penn State game is weird. You almost have to throw that game out. When Tanner Morgan wasn't playing, I mean, he hasn't been good this year, but their backup what, what was is just abysmal. What does Tanner Morgan have to do with them having success passing the ball? I'm just saying that whole game was just weird for Minnesota. Minnesota didn't control have the ball at all. I mean, uh, yeah, but they were giving up drives. Uh, I, I believe I read four of the six scoring drives from Penn State were over 64 yards. It's not like their their offense was putting them in bad spots. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, Tyler, you actually took my third down uh, stats there. That was one of the things I was going to talk about, t- keys of the game, but that's okay. I'll pull something else out of my ass for there. So facing this uh, team, this Minnesota team, talking about their defense, we have to run the ball. Which quarterback do you want to see start for Nebraska against Minnesota, Tyler? Casey Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Great I answer. I like that answer. I love it. But if he can't go, 
If he can't Who go, do you want I, to I, see go play? I I well I I think I am not a fan of dual quarterbacks. Um, however, this is a scenario where I want to see two quarterbacks. Um, I think Logan's mothers and Chubba Purdy would play off each other really well. Um, if you're asking who I think should start, I mean, if the coaches have everything has led to Chubba Purdy being number two, I, I don't know. Just because he had a bad game, I'm ready to say bench him. Don't let him play anymore. So I would be fine if Chubba Purdy comes out there for that first series. But I, I really do think if Casey Thompson can't play, or even if he can play. I, I think you need to see a healthy dose of Logan's mothers. Well, I, I think Mickey Joseph already alluded to that, that he was anticipating seeing both quarterbacks and probably equal reps in this game. Now, whether that happens or not, another story, but. Who do you want to see start, Derek? Mm. I'd be curious to know what Purdy could do being prepared for a whole week. And it sounds like he's healthy now. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess if, if if you're going off of what I seen last week, then it's definitely Logan Smothers. Can, can I just go back to Logan Smothers for a second? And I'm, I, I am really concerned though on how Whipple would use Logan Smothers more than just five or six plays. Like, I, all, I don't all know, valid I, concerns. Yeah, because I mean, does he? I mean, I don't think he's that original in the quarterback run game. So is he basically going to use him as a wildcat quarterback? Like, I, I don't know. Is it going to be really options? Like, I don't... Again, Scott Frost is gone for a reason. But this isn't Scott Frost coming in and calling plays with Logan Smothers, where I would have a lot of confidence in scheming up some good stuff with him. I, I just... I There was a little bit of doubt. Like, yeah, a couple of series Whipple probably can figure out what to do with him. 30, 40 plays, Logan Smothers... I don't think Whipple has any idea what to do with that. I think Whipple gets bored with running the ball and just wants to chunk it deep. I mean, he just wants to throw the ball. It's, you know, it's like all that stuff uh, that Pat Narduzzi had said during the offseason about Mark Whipple not running the ball. And, you know, Nebraska fans are like, oh, they love Mark Whipple. And they're like, like, oh, but look at his numbers. He runs it often. Well, you know what? We're seeing it at Nebraska he does not commit to the run. Tyler, you talked about it on a podcast, uh, maybe it was Oklahoma game, uh, inability to commit to the run and just stick with the run. And you know what? That's not just that game. It's It's been an ongoing theme uh, through the year. It's it's kind of getting out of control. So now we kind of see what Pat Narduzzi was really talking about there. And so to your point, it's like, what makes you think it's going to change headed into uh, the Minnesota game? You know what? Those are some tough conversations that Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple, they need to come up with. Headed into the Illinois game, Tyler, you, I think you nailed it. They had a good offensive game plan headed into that game, and they executed it well. They're going to have to do the same thing headed into this game. Come up with a great game plan. Mickey Joseph alluded uh, in one of his pressers this week uh, that he wanted to run the ball more in this game and stick with that run. I'll, let's Let's see... Let's see who wins this battle. Is it going to be Mark Whipple or is it going to be Mickey Joseph, the interim head coach? Uh, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. But uh, if if well, I'm making and, that decision, I'm I'm rolling Logan Smothers out there, giving him a shot. Well, and it's crazy because if you five six games into the season, 
there was a point where it was like, we're going to have a thousand yard rusher in Anthony Grant. Like it was, it almost seemed inevitable. Like it, he was on pace to have 1200 yards. Yeah. And we, we didn't think there was a chance in hell of getting a thousand yard receiver. And since then it's much more likely we're going to have a thousand yard receiver and not a thousand yard rusher. Uh, th- things have changed dramatically here in the last three or four weeks with Mark Whipple. And I, at some point, this is this is another. Uh, well, the defense red, has got tougher. Flag on Mickey. True, true, true. But this is one of those. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a red flag, but it, it's it's a knock on Mickey Joseph. Where if you want to run the ball, you need to force Mickey Mark Whipple to throw to run the ball. Like you don't give him a choice. And I, I get it. If he's not going to listen, then I guess whatever. But. And at that point, I guess you take play call and do it his way from there. Whatever you got to do. But if, you're, if you want to commit to the run, you're going to have to make him commit to the run. I, I just, you, you talk about committing to the run. And I brought this stat up, I think it was after last game we played against Purdue. But of the, the first five first down plays we had with Casey Thompson in the game. And again, great play call. We ran the ball once. It, it is, it's not a matter of just the split. But when you when you decide to run the ball... Oh, it's second and ten. Now we're gonna run the ball. I mean, you're you're basically saying, well, if you don't gain six yards, we're behind in the chain. Like you're just you're setting yourself up for failure. Like you know the the old adage: if you get three yards of carry, you can just run the ball every get down. Well, that doesn't work unless you run on first down. And we just and then again, I already talked about the second half with Logan uh, or with Chuba Purdy, but we went in there and. Oh, throw on first down, throw on first down. I didn't run down the whole game, but it was something I imagine it broke out to be. And on first down, we threw the ball 70% of the time. Again, it, it's just, it's, so yeah, we run on balanced. It needs to be more balanced. On first down, it needs to be more balanced. You got to still be all throw on first down. I, occasionally, I get sure. where he's coming from. But yeah, you do need to be able to run it too. Get, like, get I mean, ahead on the chains. Or, or do something like where you actually run or you could throw it, but don't always throw it eight, ten yards down the field. What what happened to bubble screens? What happened to doing anything that's like, hey, oh let's God. try to vertical? Did, did, have we completely had a, had a 180 here? Holy shit. I remember a year or two ago complaining about nothing but bubble screens from Scott Frost. Yeah. Well, we had a quarterback and, that and, couldn't complete them. And now we have a quarterback that, that can and, complete them, and we don't run them. Yeah, that's fair. I think all this says that fans are never happy with anything, right? Just win. I want <laughs> to win. They're happy with wins. I mean, wins are easy. Yeah, there's there's less complaints when you win. When you lose, yeah, we're gonna bitch about anything. I, I just I think going in. I mean, are we? It's kind of the keys of the victory. I mean, honestly, what we needed to to win this game, we need to see the best quarterback performance we've seen to date in Nebraska. Best quarterback. Like, Yep, because I, I don't have confidence we're going to run the ball. And nor do I think we'd have a lot of success running the ball against Minnesota. I, I, I And I, I kind of ruled out any... So you're asking of, your backup quarterbacks to have the best quarterback play of the year. What I'm asking for is Casey Thompson to come back. and I mean, does, does he need a little back rub? He can come over and get that nerve all right. <laughs> well, you like, know, he is 24, so I guess it is legal. Yeah, he's not, he's not a kid. I mean... I just honestly think that if we're going to win this game, I, I, I have given up on. I've given up on the thought we're going to go out and run the ball twenty five, thirty times again. 
the Indiana game wasn't, you know, that was an outlier. Sure. And I, I just don't think we're going to do that again. And and, and, that, and that's why my key to the game is you need to establish a run. I, I, I get that we're probably not going to, but, dude, you got to do something with this this play clock. Like, you can't continue to go out and only hold the damn ball for 20 minutes a game. Well, and, you can't and, do it. And, and Minnesota's holding the ball for 37 minutes a game, almost 38 minutes a game. They, they're number one in the Big Ten in time of possession. I mean, they're, they're, they're number they're, 10 in the country. Like, yeah. you can't you can't let them control the clock like that. Yeah. So, I, I, to me, the keys of the game are pretty similar to what they were with Illinois and the fact that you're going to have to establish a run, learn to control the clock a little bit better. And on defense, you're going to have to be able to get off the, off the field on third down. So I just want to add on to how tall of a task that is. Rushing defense, Minnesota, they, they're 16th in the country with 106 yards rushing allowed. Pass defense, number six in the country with 168 yards. Total defense is seventh. Scoring uh, defense, yeah. four. And again, uh, I don't <laughs> And that's why I don't think we have much of a shot at winning this game. Yeah, because that's uh, gonna be that's gonna be the only way you're gonna beat these guys. You're not gonna beat these guys throwing downfield. Not with this offensive line. Well, they don't get up to the quarterback. They don't get up to the quarterback. So that's, I think we do fair. have the opportunity to be a passing team. And that's why I said I think Illinois. I didn't think like passing was deathly because they could rush the passer. Minnesota, again. This is all relying on Casey Thompson being healthy. It, it really does. I mean, I think if if he is healthy and he plays his best game of the season, Nebraska has a shot. I Minnesota's offense has been pretty not great, but you kind of mentioned it. I, I half expect Tanner Morgan to actually play his best game of the season. I know Mo Ibrahim's going to go. I think their offense is going to actually be pretty good. Our defense played well last week. I worry about them getting up two weeks in a row. Um, but what helps is if Casey Thompson puts on a cape and comes out, because that that's that's our to me the only path of a victory. You know, well, just just one more key to the game, and it, it, it sounds probably stupid, but I, I think you have to be able to at least stay in the game for the first half because this defense does play better in the second half. They make great. I, I think the staff does make genuinely, genuine, generally speaking, make great half. Is it fair to say about the Minnesota's defense, like all the stats that I just uh, rattled off, how they're so great in rushing defense, passing defense. When you look at that uh, defensive roster, if you look at them statistically, like there's not a lot of guys on that defense that jump out statistically. Like they're carrying the defense. It's just collectively all these guys play together and they play freaking lights out. They play sound football. They know their assignments. They know where they're supposed to be. They know where their teammates are supposed to be. And they just execute it flawlessly. But I don't know how many of these guys. Yeah, there's some guys that are like certainly all conference guys. But nobody's really standing out to you. Like it's like, hey, we got to watch, you know, number 27, you know, in the backfield or uh, number 55. Uh, I mean, yeah, those are guys, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's just, they're, they're just, they just kick ass. Uh, Derek, you look like you're uh, researching something quite intently here. Well, no, I had, I might've had a, a bit of a, 
malfunction here, but we're we're okay. Did your so did your solitaire kind of uh, crap out on you? No, my recording stopped. Oh, nobody listens to you anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for my key to the game, I was going to talk about that third down. Uh, I'll just kind of uh, pick up on that because. Uh, Tyler, you're talking about third down conversions for Minnesota. They're first in the country at 60%. That's where we suck. We're 104th in the country at third down defense, uh, 43%. And that shouldn't be a surprise if you look at the time of possession in the games like Purdue and uh, Illinois and some of the others. I mean, we just we can't stop people. They, they stay on the field. Uh, but that has to get better. Uh I'm wondering if there's going to be enough opportunities for Nebraska to force turnovers. And I don't know if that is even feasible uh, with the amount of times that Tanner Morgan will even th- throw the ball. Uh, you know, uh, Big Mo, he's not going to turn the ball over <laughs> running the ball. But I, I just think you have to find a way to force a turnover or even – Getting to special teams. Can we see some more special teams punt block magic? Can we see a punt return? We're 14th in the country in punt returns. Can we actually see that? I don't know. Uh, Do we we bother even talk about bold predictions for this game? You're saying no, which makes me say yes, Tyler. (laughs) Tyler, give us a bold prediction. I think Logan some others will end up taking more snaps than Chubba Purdy. Okay. Derek? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm with you, Tyler. I, I, I think that Logan Smothers will actually have more rushing yards than anybody else on the team. All right. All three of us have are rolling with Logan Smothers for a bold prediction here. Uh, this was not planned. <laughs> uh, but I had Logan Smothers rushes for a TD. Uh, that's not a bold prediction. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, it might be. Uh, you're, you're maybe right. Yeah, at this point for this game. Uh, all right. So we, we've talked about this enough. I think uh, we've uh, uh, kind of tinted our hand here. I mean, we we kind of people know where we're headed here. So let's just get into the score prediction here. Uh, Derek, what's your score prediction for this game? Uh, I, I, I think we struggle to stop Mo, Mo Ibrahim. I, he's, he's good. Uh, I, I, they're going to control the clock. They're going to, I, it's, we're going to have limited offensive reps. Uh, I, I do think we'll find a way to score a few touchdowns, but, uh, Minnesota probably wins 28 to 17. Tyler. I, I will say this. I, I was optimistic that Casey Thompson practiced today. Um, so a little bit of more optimism. So I, I have uh, I have increased my score prediction for Nebraska, but ultimately I have us losing 38-20. to 38-20. Wow. All right. Uh, Derek, you actually stole my score prediction of 28-17. So I will change it up just to be different. So I will say 31 to 17. (laughs) 
That doesn't, uh, that doesn't yeah. give me a lot of hope that you really, truly believe in, in Mickey Joseph. I just, I think that playing with a bet. Now, this is with the understanding that a backup qu- quarterback with Logan Smothers or Chubba Purdy is taking over. Now, if I were to say, hey, Casey Thompson is playing, I mean, what would your score prediction be then? I mean, because I don't think it's going to be, you know, a, that big of a blowout. I mean, right? My, my score, my score prediction, I don't think, changes much. Really? Tyler, surely yours does. That's 18 points right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I originally had it 38-14. I got us a couple more field goals out of the hope that he might be able to play. If, okay. if Casey Thompson comes in healthy and can play the whole game, I mean, there, I think we can move the ball on them. And I also think Casey Thompson is due for a really good game. I mean, when, when I've been saying that he's had some bad performances, he hasn't been playing bad. He just... He'd been playing better early in the season. I think he's kind of due for a turnaround performance, um, but um, I don't. I don't know if the health is a thing. I just again, I, if I knew he was healthy, I would have a little bit more optimism of us moving the ball. Um, and again, it's not out of the question that we stop them. I, I I believe I heard that their tight end is banged up right now. Minnesota's, who's been dynamic. I'm going to get his name wrong, so I'm not even going to try to say it. But Brandon Spanford. One of their, yeah, I, I heard he's banged up and is questionable going into Saturday. I mean, it's on the table. Mo Ibrahim's taking a lot of carries. It's on the table. They stumble a little bit on offense. Um, they definitely haven't been dynamic. So, I mean, I it's not crazy to think we win the game. So, if, if we do win the game, are you back on the Mickey Joseph bandwagon? I think if we win this game, th- then the conversation can start if he's a real candidate. I-, I think I think that the whole time, three wins was a minimum threshold to be a real candidate. I think, personally, it doesn't matter what I think. It's a matter of that. I don't think that he was high on Trev Albert's list to start this and that he needed to wow him. And three wins, even if that starts to get conversation, in my opinion, that's not, that's not the bar that Trev will look at. Trev's not going to gamble his job on a guy who won three games, but but I think to me that that gets me. I guess if you want to say back on the train of him being, it puts me on the train. How about that? I I haven't been on the train. He hasn't got to that minimum threshold yet. All right, uh, games of the week. Uh, we got a great slate of games this weekend, unlike last weekend. Uh, the best part about last week is I went five and one. Derek, you went five and one. Tyler, you went two and four. So now I'm sitting at 31 and 23. Derek, you're 38 and 16, whooping everybody's ass. And Tyler, you've been talking smack for like seven weeks now. And now you are closer to the bottom with me than you are at the top with Derek. So you're at 34 and 20, three games ahead of me. So you know what? Last weekend was a bad week. It's college football day. Nebraska lost. This, my pick sucked. Am I gambling? They got a second mortgage after that win. Well, maybe you should stop attending games. Then at least Nebraska could win. All right, first game, number one, Tennessee. God, we didn't even talk about the uh, playoff committee, but I guess we can talk about it here. Playoff committee, they uh, put out their rankings last night, and Tennessee is number one. Who saw that one coming? Not this guy. Uh, Number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. 
but Georgia is eight-point favorites in this game. Tyler. Well, first of all, who saw the comment? I, I think the committee got right. I think Tennessee should have been number one. Um, I mean, they have a very the most impressive win of the season. They've been great this year. Um, but their luck runs out. I I think Georgia's going to play angry. It's going to be hard to go in Athens to win. I, I just think Tennessee's not there talent-wise. I like Georgia in this game. Derek? I disagree. Uh, you know, I thought truly that Tennessee had a good shot at beating Alabama, and and I and I called it. And I think they end up doing it again against Georgia. Look, Georgia's defense is ranked very similar to what Alabama's is, and Alabama had no shot at stopping Tennessee. And I and I think it's the same way. I I, I think it's a high scoring game. I don't think Georgia's off defense is going to stop t- Tennessee's de- uh, offense. And I, I think their offense is enough to slow, or their defense will be enough to slow down Georgia. I think Tennessee comes out with a win here. I agree. I have Tennessee also. I'm all over the Josh Heifel train. Yeah, Tyler, you're pumping your fist, but uh, that's going to be another game you go down because I think Tennessee, they're going to prove why they're the number one team in the country. Uh, the committee got they're it just right. Whoop for, for what it's worth, the committee got it right. Tennessee has probably the most impressive resume of anybody in the country right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, and they're I mean, blowing gonna... most teams out. Like, their close games have yeah. come against Alabama, and I think they had a close game against Florida. All right, uh, second game, 18-ranked Oklahoma State, two-point favorites over Kansas. It's at Kansas. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll... – I, I really wanted to go with Kansas here. I mean, they're coming off of a bye. Oklahoma State really looked rough. But, I mean, I don't know the status of Kansas's quarterback. I mean, they, they have lost now three in a row um, since that hot start. I, I think we got a little bit of fool's gold with Kansas to start the year. I think this was a as tough of a game to predict as we have on the slate. But uh, I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State in this game. Derek? Uh, I'm going to tell you that one way, one area I disagree with you on this is even with Kansas, even with that quarterback being hurt, their offense has still been pretty damn good. It's not their offense that's hurting; it's their defense that's hurting them a little bit here lately. And I just I don't think they're going to stop Oklahoma State enough to win the game. But I think they'll still score a lot on them. I think this will be another high scoring game. But I think Oklahoma State will come up with a win. I agree. I don't think what we saw against Kansas State, uh, the Oklahoma State Kansas State game last week, I don't think that is what uh, Oklahoma State is all about at all. That was an ass whooping, and I think this is like uh, this line here. Oh, I will be rooting uh, for Kansas for what it's worth, but I'll be rooting for Kansas also. But uh, next, I think Oklahoma coach right State. There. Of course you are. Yeah, Oklahoma State. They get the win. Number six, Alabama, 13.5-point favorites at number 10, LSU. Tyler? I mean, if you want to talk about where the committee got it wrong, LSU being number 10 might be that area. I mean, LSU started to play better football as late. It's kind of funny that all the crap Chip Kelly came around, and shockingly enough, he's doing better than Notre Dame is. And um, he is playing good football, and Alabama isn't the team they've been, but I – Maybe out of spite that I think LSU is horribly overrated. I, I am going to go Bama in this game. 
Tyler, did they get the uh, did they get Alabama right in the rankings? No, I would have put them behind TCU. Um, I agree. I mean, so I would have moved them down one spot, but um, I, I don't think it. I, 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 but I don't think it's radical to think that they're ahead of uh, TCU. But yeah, I would have, I would have had it the other way around. Derek, Alabama, T- or Alabama or LSU. Well, let's get. Uh, let me let me answer a little bit on that playoff committee. Uh, they're absolutely showing their SEC bias in this whole thing. Uh, they're showing it with with Alabama and uh, LSU. The, the LSU being ranked ten is just to build Alabama's uh, resume. That's that's all it's for. Uh, just so they can have a top ten. Yep, that's that's all it is. That is all it is. Because there's no way they should be thirteenth at best. For it's worth. Um, yeah. So it's fair. I, I'm with you guys. TCU should be ahead of Alabama all day long. Uh, TCU's got a, a, a pretty impressive resume. They're undefeated. Whatever. Uh, in, in the end, this isn't a close game. I think Alabama ends up beating LSU pretty handily. I have Alabama also. Uh, I don't know about handily. I, I, don't, I don't know if this is a very good Alabama team overall. Uh, Again, I'll be rooting for LSU. I would love to see LSU beat Alabama because that has to eliminate Alabama from the playoff, right? Two losses in a season? No. No. Oh, it has to. Three losses, then it gets iffy. <laughs> uh, number 21, Wake Forest. Uh, Four-point favorites at number 22, NC State. So here's some two coaches that were mentioned previously on the podcast, Clausen and uh, Doran. Uh Derek, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think about this game here? I think if Doran is our next head coach, I'm done. Uh, you, you would take a Mickey Joseph over Doran, right? I w- Even if he lost I out? I would take a Derek Stafford over Doran. Doran. <laughs> you know what? As much as it sickens me to say, I, I think I would say that too. <laughs> uh, Just give me good seats. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I... Okay, here, here's my only reason of thinking on this. I like Wake Forest. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. Uh, I Dave Clawson, I think, is an exciting coach to watch. Their offense is phenomenal. Uh, but I went with three road teams winning in a row. And so I think I think the home team is probably going to pull out a win somewhere. And I'm going to go with this one right here. NC, NC State. State. Wow. NC State pulls out the win. So if I would have like swapped these uh, games around a little bit, you would have changed this answer here. It might have been possible, yeah. I, 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 right. I think it's a close game. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good game, but I, I, mean, I would give give the home team a little bit of an advantage in this one. Okay, Tyler. Well, I mean, first of all, I am not near as low on these coaches as you guys are, and I think Clawson actually. I mean, well, your bar is extremely good. fucking low. You got Matt Campbell. I mean, hey, to, to, to be <laughs> fair, I'm not low on Clawson. You're don't don't put. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not well, low. On you're Clawson. low on Doran. I I like. I don't I, like Doran at all. I, I will say that this like pretty much. I have very few coaches. We we've talked about this that I'm like oh hell no, and neither of these coaches fall in that. But I actually think Clawson's a really interesting one. Um, 
I, I have like a gut feeling that like for some reason he's really high on the radar. I, I like what he's doing at Wake Forest. Last week against Louisville was a really bad performance. I don't really know what to attribute that to because I honestly don't pay that much attention to ACC football. I do know I've been on Wake Forest and lost money, but I think Clawson turns it around <laughs> and helps me out this weekend. And uh, uh, the one he, they get the victory at NC State. Before we move on, the one thing I will say about Clawson is as much as I like him and as much as I think he would do well, I'm not sure if his style of football fits the Big Ten very well. I don't know who I actually like in that. If, if I had to pick, if, if it was Tyler Schaefer hiring a coach between these two, I don't know who I'd pick. I think these two are pretty even candidates. I think Clawson... I don't know why you're so down on... I don't know why you're so down on Doran. So... That leads me to there's a stat out there, and I, I forget what the number is, but he's like one in twenty four, one in twenty five against top twenty five teams. Oh, that might be why. Yeah, and he's, so he's got the that's why high. I cannot pick NC State in this game. I'm go, I'm going Wake Forest based off of that stat. He can't win. I mean, he plays in the ACC. It's not an overly good conference, and he can't win against top twenty five teams. I don't think that's good enough for Nebraska. It shouldn't be good enough for Nebraska. I mean, if you're if you're bitching about Mickey Joseph choking against a top twenty team, wait until Doran comes and chokes against all these top twenty five teams. Hey, you know what? At least he's got one win against the top. But you know what? Team. He has head coach experience, right, Tyler? But so Justin, Justin, you should be pretty happy with Doran because at least he gives you gives you a winning record. Yeah, at least, at least he gets you to a bowl game. That's all you're looking for. That's that's true. That's true. That's all, that's all I he's need. Seven, damn it. He, he's seven and six, eight and four. I, mean, I don't think he, I don't think he would be that in the Big Ten. But he, I mean, he was, had pretty good success as D coordinator at Wisconsin. He did. He did. That was a lot. That was many moons ago. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm taking Wake Forest in this one, and we're gonna bring it back to not back. We're gonna go to the Big Ten for our final game, uh, Maryland at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is five point favorites. Tyler, what's the status of uh, uh, Maryland's quarterback? I have not heard. I have not either, and I think he's leaned towards out. And with that in mind, I am going to go with uh, Wisconsin. Um, I, I think Camp Randall is a tough place to win. I, I think Maryland would struggle there with a healthy. I don't think a lot of Wisconsin. I don't think they're going to win another game on the road this year. Tip in my hat, I think Nebraska beats Wisconsin, but I don't think they're winning a game on the road the rest of the year, but I think at home they're going to be too tough to beat with a backup quarterback. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Derek? Well, according to ESPN, Tagovailoa is active, so he's expected to be He is active? I I don't know if that makes a difference. I I think Wisconsin's still the better team. Uh, Jim Leonard's, I, I don't know if he's a great coach yet. But I, I, I think Wisconsin pulls out a win. I, I'm with Tyler. I think it's it's too tough to come into Camp Randall and win. And I will. S- and Jim, oh, Jim, Jim Leonard, he's done well at home. That offense has turned around a lot, and I, I I think they'll score a lot of points against Maryland. And I don't know if Maryland will be able to keep up quite. So I will say that uh, the turning point for me in Wisconsin, because I was really down to Wisconsin, but the fact that Wisconsin beat Purdue last week, that kind of made me like. It, it made him look silly. my head just a little bit. I was like, it's like, huh, 
I was like, I didn't see that one coming. So maybe, maybe he's got him going in the right direction. Uh, Purdue beat Nebraska. You want you want to know the best bet of the weekend? Michigan State against Illinois. You don't beat Nebraska and expect to win the next week. Michigan State has eight players suspended. Uh, probably done for the year. Like three of those dudes are starters, like two defensive ends and like uh, their safety and a backup defensive end. You know what? Bullshit. I, I, what's the line on the Illinois-Michigan State game, Tyler? Do you know? No. All right. Uh, I'm taking Wisconsin in that game, but I'm, I'm now intrigued. That tunnel gate, did you see that? Oh, that was crazy. I mean, talk about a black guy in that team. I mean... I, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm not one that usually says, please get involved. But, I mean, that that was assault. Jim Harbaugh, I mean, I, he's like, press charges. And you know what? Probably charges need to be uh, brought Michigan's on. Michigan's 17-point underdogs. Michigan State is? Yeah. To, 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 to be points. fair, the Michigan players egged it on. I'm not saying they deserved it. I'm not saying it was the right move. But those play those players. Does that mean you beat on. some? You should get your head beaten in with a helmet. No, <laughs> but maybe don't be yelling at them as they're walking by. Maybe don't be trying to skip past them. I mean, you just want a game handily. Act like winners. Well, Michigan State. You know what? They should have played harder on the field. Don't get tough in the tunnel. Stop being pussies. Do it on the field. <laughs> I, again, I'm, I'm not sticking up for Michigan State. But let's let's throw a little blame towards Michigan too. Like you acted like jackasses, and you got you got blown up for it. <laughs> what is that uh, meme out there? Is like uh, shoot, I'm so old. I, I I don't know what memes are really, but uh, uh, I, I can't. Nah, let's move on. All right, whatever. Uh, and on a high note, Justin. Yeah. Yep. Did you take That's Did made. you take Wisconsin too, Justin? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I definitely took all right. Wisconsin. All right, let's get out of here. I'm shocked Fine. we all took. I'm shocked we all took Wisconsin. Maryland's good. Maryland's a good team. Yeah, they are. They are. Camp Randall's just a tough place to play. Yeah. Yeah. Last week changed my mind. Uh, all right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, great show. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast and like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. <laughs>